Well, good morning. Welcome to Hope Online. Uh, we have sort of two campuses all over again. We have our online campus, which is all of you. And good morning to you, and thanks for watching and being a part of it, and on site. Uh, hopefully soon, I don't know when that's going to be, we'll all be able to gather together again uh, so that we can uh, enjoy the fellowship as well as, as the Word. But I'm excited to be with you today, excited about what God is doing in our lives. He never stops working. He's not quarantined. He's not um, uh, hindered in any way from his work going forward. He's not surprised that any of this has happened. I was talking to, uh, actually, Pastor Jim uh, Bradford. Many of you know him yesterday, and we talked about that passage in the Old Testament where the nation of Israel got to the water that was called Merah, bitter, and God told him to cut down a tree and throw it in the water. And when it got to the water, it would be sweet. And we talked about how, how long before they got there had God planted that tree. God knew that they would be there. You know, God knows that you would be where you're at now. He knows that where you will be in the future. And he's already provided for that. Uh, what a wonderful Lord and Savior that we, that we worship together. Let's take a look at our scripture for the day, and uh, you can repeat it along with me or read it out loud, however you want to do it. I think sometimes reading it out loud helps us to remember it a little bit more. Uh, sometimes in my own devotional life, I'll listen to the word as I read it, uh, anything to get it into uh, my heart and into my mind. But uh, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. What a great passage. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. He's the example of everything for us. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, this morning. Our Heavenly Father, as we gather together as the family of God, here online, you're with each of us, Lord, if we're at home or wherever we might be, listening, watching, on our phones, on our computer, wherever it is, you're with us. Your presence is everywhere. And may today as we gather and hear your word and share your word, may we sense and feel your presence and your peace that comes along with your presence and your power that comes with your presence. May we sense that in our own lives. May we be stirred, may we be encouraged, may we be challenged, Lord, to live, to live for you. Thank you again for technology, that even though uh, we're in different places, we can still all be together. Thank you, Lord, for it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for your uh, continuing of giving of your tithes and offerings. Uh, the church is moving forward. I was thinking about if everyone stopped giving uh, during the pandemic, we'd be closed by now. Uh, when the pandemic started, we thought it would only be a few weeks. At least I thought. I was naive in that. But thankfully, we've been able to keep going. We haven't had to furlough uh, any of our staff. They're continuing to minister to their different contingencies. And uh, we're still teaching, preaching the word, ministering to people. And that's all possible because of your continued faithful, faithful giving. And so you can give online, you can mail, mail it to the church, 
you can use the app to give, you can drop it off, uh, whatever works best for you. And uh, people have been doing that. They've been very faithful in their giving, and we thank, thank you for that. And because the kingdom of God, again, is continuing to, to advance. It's not a matter of whether we're in the church building. It's a matter of we're still part of the church, and we want to see the church go forward. So thank you for that. If you have any questions about your tithes and offerings, please let us know. One last thought on that. We're going to be sending out your uh, half-year report on giving. We try to do that at the half year so you can be aware, but even more importantly, if there is something that we missed or something that you have a question about, we can deal with it based on six months, not on 12 months at the end of the year. So if something was there, we can go back and make sure that we get it right. So when you receive that report, which will include a letter from me and then your financial giving statement, Please look it over and, and see if it's, if it's accurate. Um, if it's not, we want to make it accurate. We want to do the best we can with that. And that's part of the checks and balances that we have with all of our, all of our finances. Well, let me share a, uh, a couple of announcements with you. We are, uh, as I mentioned, continuing to do Hope Online, and we're going to do it live just like this. I like doing it live. Um, I like a little edgier than just a recording uh, for me. Um, and so we're going to do it live at 9.45 to 10.15 and just continue to do that as the Lord enables us. And then the church building is open uh, and we have service at 10.40. Our service on site is about 40 minutes or so in that neighborhood. It's the same message but a little bit longer, uh, you know how I can how I can be. A couple people last week were online and on site, uh, so I figured the Lord wanted them to hear the message twice. That's what I thought for that. So we're going to keep doing it. You can share the link on your Facebook so your friends can be aware of it. You can start a watch party so they'll watch along with you. It's a great opportunity to reach out and to share the love of God with, with other people. One last announcement that I'm excited about, I received an email from um, a, a, an organization called Ascenda Health. They used to be called Robin's Nest in Glassboro. And they were looking for partners in our area to help them with food distribution. So I contacted the program director. Make a long story short, we are going to uh, host food distribution in partnering with Ascenda Health on August 12th. Uh, they're doing all of the legwork. They're doing everything. They've received a grant to be able to do this. Uh, anyone that is in need can register with them, and then they can come here on that day from 10 to 11, and the food will be distributed. So we're excited to partner with them. Again, God has given us uh, the facilities and uh, the location uh, just perfect for what they're trying to accomplish. So we're excited to partner partner with them in this. Uh, we don't really need anything at this point. They're taking care of everything. But what I do need you to do is to pray. Pray that God touches hearts. That as soon as they come on to this campus, they would sense and feel the presence of God. Pastor Joe and his family will be here. I'll be here. Pastor Rick as well. You never know what doors God is going to open through that. 
if you know someone that has a need and needs food, uh, they're going to be producing flyers. We'll get those out to you. They'll have to register with Ascenda. Uh, and basically it'll be, say, Randy Sabella registers. I'll pull up in my car, say, Randy Sabella. They'll pull my groceries, bring it right to the right to my car. It'll be non-contact. And it'll also be, it's not just drop in. Not anybody can drop in at any time. Anybody can register, but you can't just drop in. So if you know people, um, help them uh, be aware of this for them. So please keep that in your prayers. Uh, we're looking, looking forward. I love these partnerships. I love not have, having to reinvent the wheel. I love partnering with people that do this all the time. And so we can join in with them, and then we can offer our assistance. It's really a tremendous opportunity uh, for us. So we're excited, excited about that. Well, last week I began a series on um, kindness, and I shared with you the thought of a funeral that I did. And in her obituary, it was written she was a kind soul. And I thought very simple thought. But so important, what a difference it would make if we were kind to one another. And we can't look to those in the world that don't know Jesus uh, to, to act like Christians. They're not. They don't have the Spirit of God living in them. But we do. And so I think it's okay for Christians to act like Christians. And not just okay, but it's important that we live differently than those that are in the world. I don't know if you've seen the Karen clips if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But we don't want to be Karens. We want to be Christ-like. We want to be Christ-like in all of our dealings with people. And kindness is a big part of that. Throughout the COVID shutdown, we've talked about the church has not been shut down, just, just the building. The church cannot be shut down. Every dictator and despot uh, throughout history and even in our world today has tried to shut down the church, and they can't because the church isn't a building. The church is the body of Christ with Jesus as the head, and Jesus cannot be stopped. He is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are the church of Jesus Christ. If closing a building and wearing masks shuts down the church, then we were, I mean, the actual church, not the building. If closing a building and wearing a mask shuts down the church, then we were in trouble long before the virus hit. It's Jesus' church. He's building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Growing up in Sunday school, the answer to most questions was, pray, read the Bible, and go to church. Uh, and those are good answers. How do you want to grow in your walk with the Lord, and all of these different things? Pray, read your Bible, and go to church. Well, now... It's pray, read the Bible, and be the church. Be the church where you are. And that's what you're doing here today by listening online. That's how you're going to live your life uh, after Sunday. You are the church. Be the church. Be the representative of Jesus Christ in this lost and dying world. And with so many people's nerves uh, frayed and so much fear going on, what a great opportunity we have light to be light in the midst of darkness. And just one aspect of being Christ-like is being kind. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. 
Last week, we looked at the attitude of kindness. Let me mention as well, if you're one of our online participants, I think all of the videos stay online, at least for a little while. So if you miss it live, you can catch it later. If you want to share it later, you can. If you want to re-watch it, uh, you can also do that if you missed something. If you needed to get up and uh, grab a cup of coffee, I don't know, uh, as you're watching, you can always go back and listen again. But last week, we looked at the attitude of kindness. Uh, be kind to others. We learned that kindness is not a weakness. In fact, it takes a lot of strength to be kind to uh, difficult people. And we looked at how sometimes the, the nastiest people are the ones that need the most kindness. And we use Saul Paul as an example of that. Well, uh, Dory found this meme this week that I thought was hysterical. I hope that you can see it. Uh, be kind to everyone, Jesus preaching. And someone says, wait, even Gary? Yeah, Gary's the worst. Look, we've been through this. Yes, be kind to Gary as well. And then Gary speaks up, ha, losers. And Jesus says, not now, Gary. Yes, we must be kind even to the Garys in our life. If you're watching this and sitting next to someone that is a Gary, uh, give, them a, give them a bump and say, I'm going to be kind to you anyhow this, this week. So what does kindness look like? What does kindness look like? Let's start with a familiar story. Uh, people that aren't in church even know this story of the Good Samaritan. I'm going to read through the passage. I don't have it up on the uh, PowerPoint, but reading through Luke 10, 25 through 37. Luke 10, 25 through 37. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it uh, and read along with me. If you're watching on your phone and you're used to reading your Bible on the phone, uh, we have these old school things. They're actually books that are the Bible. I have one uh, right here. It's, it's the craziest thing. Because I do a lot of my reading online too. But you can grab this and you can follow along uh, with us. Uh, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Now get the context here. He wanted to test Jesus. He says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And the expert in the law answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Verse 29 says, but this expert in the law wanted to justify himself. And so he asked, and who is my neighbor? He wanted to justify his own attitude and his own action. Some people were worthy of kindness, and some people weren't in his mind in his way of thinking. So he wanted to know, well, who should I be kind to to justify his own actions? And then Jesus replies with this story. Verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, now that's a key thought, which we'll get to, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. 
And when he put the man on his own, then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law said, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. It's interesting that the expert of the law so hated Samaritans that he wouldn't even say it was the Samaritan that was kind to him. Instead, he said, the one who had mercy. He wouldn't even mention uh, that category of people. So here are the characters in this story. First, the broken man. He was the one that had been robbed. He was traveling a dangerous road, was beat up. You know the story and was left laying there. The first person that passed was a priest. He hurried past, uh, knowing that if he touched a dead man, he'd be unclean for seven days. He could not be sure, so he, if the guy was dead, he didn't want to come near him because it, he didn't want to be unclean for seven days. Someone wrote it like this. He set the claims of ceremonial above those of charity. The temple literate and its liturgy meant more to him than the pain of the man. Now, this man, the priest, who was a leader of the spiritual life of the nation of Israel, completely, totally missed the point of Scripture. The point of Scripture is simple. Love God, love others. The Ten Commandments are broken into two tablets. Five are love God, five are love your neighbor. Church ritual is to help us. And listen, we're not liturgical in the sense of some other denominations, but we have a liturgy, liturgy that we follow. We have rituals that we follow, and there's nothing wrong with that. But those rituals are not more important than those that are hurting. Our traditions are not more important than those facing trials, troubles, and tears. It's about people. Our church rituals help us, prepare us, so that we can go and share the kindness of God. If the rituals become more important than people, then we've missed the whole point of Scripture. And this is what the priests did. The, Levite, the Levites were helpers to the priests. It was like the pastor and, and deacons, how they needed each other. One leads with the voice, one leads with their hands. The Levites were the elders, the deacons, the custodians, the assistants, the musicians, the movers, the repairmen. Maybe the Levite felt he was too busy doing the Lord's work to actually do the Lord's work. Isn't that interesting? It's easy for us to fall into that trap as well. We're too busy doing the Lord's work to actually do the Lord's work, which is to care for people, to love God first and to love your neighbor. Are we truly loving God if we're not loving our neighbor? Then the Samaritan. The Samaritans were despised by the Jews. They were considered half-breeds. They were the worst of the Jews and the worst of the Gentiles combined. There were generation after generations of hatred. Don't you love how Jesus used the despised as the hero of the story? Don't you love how he got right to the point and got right to the heart of the issue? This man that asked the first question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
He knew the Word of God inside and out. He knew the right answer, but he didn't know the God of Scripture because if he knew the God of Scripture, then he would know that he was to be kind and to love everyone. Love God and love your neighbor. The Samaritan saw the need, met the need, and then he continued to meet the need. Tony Evans says this, Broken people need someone to show them compassion and give them life. Not merely talk to them and pray for them, this priest and Levite had run into an unplanned ministry opportunity and they completely ignored it. They missed the moment that God had for them. So here's our action points for the day. Number one, see the need. See the need. The priest and the Levite were only thinking of themselves. When you only think of yourself and your own needs, you never see the needs of others. Or you believe that your needs are greater than the needs of others. But what I've found is when I think about, contemplate, pray about the needs of others, my needs become less. The less I think of myself, the more I begin to think of God and others. Real quick, I don't have a slide for this, but if you were to write out the word anxiety, what's the middle letter? I. The more I think of myself, the more anxious I become. I'll throw that out there for now. And we'll work on it more later. But the first thing to do is see the need. God, give me eyes that I might see the needs of my neighbor. Then the second thing is to meet the need. See the need, meet the need. It can be practical help. It can be continual help. It can be sacrificial help. The Samaritan didn't just walk by, offer a prayer, and keep moving. He gave practical help. He took wine and oil and helped with the man's wounds. He put him on his own donkey and carried him to an inn. He paid for whatever the cost was going to be to care for this man. And he went back and said, if it's any more, I'll pay more when I come back through. Practical help, continual help, and sacrificial help. Lord, give me eyes to see more than just myself. Give me resources to help others. Some people use a lack of resources as an excuse not to help other people. First of all, if you're able to watch this online and have internet access, and you have a smartphone or a tablet or a computer, God has already given you the resources to help someone. It's just what you choose to do with them. A missionary once said here at church, God will give it to you, if he can get it through you. And so sometimes maybe the lack of resources is because we're not using the, God, the resources God has given us to love God and to love our neighbor. That's the priority. Love God and love our neighbor. God will give it to you if he can get it through you. There is a cost to caring for others. But watch this. This is so important. I'm starting to conclude it's not the cost of caring that matters it's the cost of not caring the cost of not caring is so much greater than the cost of caring because when we don't care for others it's a heart issue and what will happen is when we don't care for others we'll become more judgmental of others we'll become more critical of others and gradually our hearts will get harder and harder Till we don't care about others and can we really say that we love God if we don't love our neighbor 
First John teaches us you can't say you love God and then hate your neighbor. And so the cost of caring, that's not what matters. The cost of not caring is what matters. What will it do to your heart? To the thieves, this traveling Jew was a victim to exploit, and so they attacked him. To the priest and Levite, he was a nuisance to avoid, and so they ignored him. But to the Samaritan, he was a neighbor to love and help, and so he took care of him. Jesus said this to the lawyer, Now go and do likewise. Now go and do likewise. Let me tell you a story, and I'll close. Uh, this several years ago on a Saturday, I got a knock on the door. And unfortunately, through the years when there's a knock on the door, it's not always something good. Uh, and so my, you know, I kind of gave it a shoulder drop and wonder what's going on. And there was an older lady uh, there, and I could tell that there was something wrong. And she had a flat tire and was stuck across the street. And obviously, at her age, she couldn't fix it. Uh, she didn't look like she had much finances and couldn't call AAA. And so I said, sure, I'll help. Now, this is the, the funny part. Uh, I can't fix flat tires. Y most of you know that I'm not handy at all. But what I can do is I can get stuff done. So uh, I called someone that I knew could do everything. So I called Richie. Richie, I hope you're watching, and I hope you remember this story. I called Richie and said, there's a lady at my house. She has a flat tire. I, I don't know what to do, and he knew I didn't know what to do. So he came down, and he fixed the tire. In the meantime, um, I drove her home, and then I went back when the car was done, and I picked her up. Okay, This story is not about me or anything. It's just about the opportunity that God presented to be kind to someone. I could have said, well, I don't know how to fix it. Sorry. But I did know how to fix it. I just needed to find the right person to help. So as we were driving back and forth, she lived uh, a little ways down Dutch Mill off one of the side roads. She said that she was a widow and she was all alone. But what really struck me is she said, I knew your church because I've attended many Christmas programs there. And I knew that I could get help here. And I thought, wow. You know what? We can sing, we can shout, we can cry, we can listen to the Word, we can quote the Word, but we must, we must, we must love our neighbor. The witness of the Christmas program and the telling of the story of Jesus would have been lost if it was not followed up with kindness. Help us, Lord, to be kind. Help us, Lord, to seize the opportunities that God gives us to be kind to someone that needs it. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, as we gather today, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for those that exhibit kindness on a daily basis. This world needs it so desperately. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we've seized. And we've been kind to those that can't do anything in return. Thank you, Lord, for that, for the privilege of living out your life here on earth while we're waiting for your return. I pray, O oh God, that this week there would be an opportunity to be kind to someone, not because they deserve it or not because they've earned it, but because you love them and they need the love of God in their life. Give us opportunity this week to be kind to someone that needs it, Lord. Help us to see the need, to meet the need, 
And we know, God, that as we live for you, you'll give it to us if you can get it through us. And we want to be used by you. We pray in advance, Lord, for August 12th and the food distribution, that it would not just be the food that we have opportunity to share, but that you would give us opportunity to share the love of God. Thank you, Lord. We love you. I pray your greatest blessings on each person that's listening to Hope Online today. Work in their hearts and in their lives. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. For some of you, this might be your first time seeing my new, my new hairdo. Shave my head for missions. Uh, it turns out I like it. And I'm going to keep it short. It's so much easier. I can't believe it. A lot less shampoo. <laughs> uh, a lot less combing and brushing my hair because it sticks up all over the place. So thank you, Miss Stella, uh, for forcing me into this direction. Listen, please know this before we close. And it's just 10.15 now. God loves you. He loves you just the way you are. He's working in your life. He's doing good things because he wants to use you. you have, God has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. The last words that I want you to hear today, God loves you. And I love you too. God bless you.